0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If the Big 12 Conference is not going to put BYU and Utah in the Holy War on the final weekend of the regular season, that might be the first major blunder of Brett Yormark's tenure as Big 12 Commissioner. We're talking about it on the Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars crossover edition.
1: Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to either of our shows, make sure you like and subscribe. We love interacting with all of you, whether you're Utes or Cougars fans, in both of our comment sections, as well as on social media, where you can follow our shows on X. Today's episode of Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if you're First bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is JT, Mr. former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined by Jake Hash of Locked On Cougars on this Locked On crossover event. And today's the day, Jake, where we finally get the Big 12 schedule. And I feel like the biggest question on Utah and BYU's fans' mind is, when are we gonna see this rivalry renewed? And when is, especially like, if it's a date in the middle of the year, then we know, okay, it's kinda gonna bounce around. But if it is in November, I, last like week of the regular season, that is here to stay for years to come. So I I'm really excited to see when we will finally get this renewed rivalry going in 2024.
0: And that's the thing about this JT is by the time some of our listeners may watch and or listen to this that schedule will be out but the bigger point to be made here is we've been waiting to find out when we found out that Utah was finally coming into the Big 12 speaking from the BYU perspective it was all about okay one of the Utah Cougars getting together now they had that game scheduled i believe it was for the second week of the season maybe the third week of the season originally uh, and there were some folks out there that said keep the game in that slot i was like absolutely not move the game if you're going to if you're going to play this game it's got to be in November and it's got to be in this case, this year, it's November 30th. That's the final week of the regular season. That's going to be tr- the traditional rivalry week. That's when you're going to see Michigan and Ohio State. You're going to see Alabama and Auburn playing. Well, guess what? BYU and Utah, it's one of the more underrated but absolutely incredible yes. rivalries, and it absolutely deserves to be back on the final week of the regular season, and I don't care what the big tool has to say about it because it has to be on the 30th.
1: To your point, I feel like, and this is no shade towards any other Big Twelve teams and their rivalries. I feel like, r- off right now, it might be the best rivalry in the conference. Jake, uh, yeah, there's some no. argu- there's some argument that like Farmagaden
0: could be in the mix there. The yeah. the, the, the territorial cut between Arizona and Arizona State as they come into the conference is mm-hmm. probably in the mix there. You have the Sunflower State, the battle for the Sunflower State with the Kansas schools. Those are all relatively good. You also have uh, uh, Baylor and TCU. Uh, the, the, the They used to call it the Revivalry, and that was an incredible name. Apparently they've renamed that. But, yes, the, all these rivalries have some... Some renown to them, but you're right. None of them register on the same level that BYU and Utah register on. Uh, you worked here in Utah for quite a while, JT. It's how we know each other, and I work in sports radio every single day in this market. And I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not afraid to say it. The rivalry it exists in all things, 365 days a year, and it drives a ton, a ton of our conversation in sports radio here in Salt Lake City, and for good reason.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And you make a really good point about this being the biggest rivalry in the big 12. Of course, what used to be the biggest rivalry in the big 12 was Texas and Oklahoma. And one thing that was unique about that rivalry was it was played in kind of the middle of the season versus most rivalries are played on rivalry weekend. I've kind of gone back and forth on when I want. I do think there is some value in playing it in kind of the middle months of the season, because, you know, you get a little bit more of that spotlight on you, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I've gone. I'm now kind of on the idea of having it late November, too, because I do think there's a lot of value, Jake, to your point of having, you know, the first game of the day is going to be Ohio State taking on Michigan. Michigan. Then there might be some other midday game. Then the nightcap will probably be Alabama taking on Auburn because of ESPN's deal with the SEC. But even if it's when that game's on, if it's middle of the day, or of course still that like Pac-12 after dark spot that's still kind of open, I feel like there's a really good opportunity for Utah BYU to step in and be the rivalry at one of those time slots on rivalry weekend.
0: I sincerely hope it's not an 815 kick because that is that that's a, that's a time slot that 815 mountain time is what I'm mentioning is that you you're right that that pac hole after dark slot that's it's going to exist with the big 12 it's just what it is and the schools out here in the west Utah BYu Arizona Arizona State they're going to fill that a uh, role a lot but a game of this magnitude if it is going to be the final weekend of the season JT especially with how uh, variable the weather can be in the final day of November uh this has got to be a little bit earlier on if it's a five o'clock kick great it would be even better if it was mid-afternoon because that's what it was for years when I was growing up. It would be a mid-afternoon kick. It would probably be around 30 to 40 degrees at kickoff. It would drop into the 20s by the end of the game. But it was always always an incredible atmosphere and I I just I don't want to see them bury it on a late night TV slot where yeah. you're going to lose yep. viewers just simply due to the fact that you live out on the East Coast now and uh, when it's 1015 and 1030 at night guess what you may watch the first quarter of that game and then you're off to bed that that is the problem with this game potentially getting stuck in a late night slot and to your point a little bit earlier on about uh, the Oklahoma and Texas the Red River rivalry that rivalry was built around the Texas State Fair they have the Cotton Bowl on the fairgrounds There's there sure. in Dallas hmm. and uh, is it in Dallas or Arlington, wherever it's at there in the DFW and that it was built around that. The unfortunate part is that the Utah State Fair, it happens in September and it's like this it's kind of the start of the college football season the, yeah. the fervor is not there quite yet and there's also not in a stadium that's literally on the fairgrounds. So that's a little bit the different thing. I, I, I do wonder and you and I, we've been uh, tracking a lot of what Brett Yormark has done with the Big 12, obviously since Utah announced they were going into the conference. I've been tracking this for three years now on this podcast with what uh, your Mark's been doing with the Big 12 is that I do wonder in some small part, does he think that he's going to kind of quote-unquote reinvent the wheel and he's going to create a rivalry week out of seemingly nowhere for the Big 12 and stick it on a random weekend. Maybe it's the second to last weekend of the season where he's trying to like jump in front of all these other rivalries and put BYU and Utah on the 23rd of November and uh, put their Territorial Cup there, etc. and then finish off the season uh, with more of a, I guess, a, a, mix, a different opponent as you finish up the race season there's some thought that that may happen but don't don't outthink the room here Brett if if I was able to talk to him I'd say you just stick it on rivalry weekend and reward BYU and Utah with like you mentioned one of the best rivalries maybe the best rivalry in the conference right now and give it a mid-afternoon slot and let it be seen across the country in prime time
1: those are, that's a great point on honestly both fronts even because I didn't even think about like I can see the logic behind I agree it should be rivalry weekend but I can see the logic behind getting out of the way of the game of of the Iron Bowl and making like the Saturday before the big 12 day basically like that now yeah. then you could diminish the little bit like maybe if it's Utah Colorado that final week this year it has some fun because of the whole DL Sanders sure, factor but yeah. A lot of the other games wouldn't have the same impact and meaning so it is something that's going to be interesting to watch and monitor and see and you know with the schedule just dropping today in general Jake whether people are listening to this before it come out or after what is the biggest thing you are looking for outside of the rivalry implications
0: I'm interested to see how the the BYU home schedule lines up they've got a very oh. very stout home schedule they're got we're talking Kansas State Kansas uh, who else Arizona's coming in and uh, even without Jed Fish there they still have Noah Fafita and Tateroa yes. McMillan sticking around That's going to be a very, very Mm -hmm. good Arizona team. So the the home slate for BYU, and I'm just kind of uh, scratching the the tip of the iceberg there with regards to the games, but I want to see how these games lay out. Are they going to uh, stratify them for BYU where they're going to be able to avoid having a quote-unquote murderer's row, or is it going to be another October from hell, as I've called it the last two years for BYU, where they can easily, and they've done it the last two years, go 0 for 4 in the month of October. That's the interesting part is how BYU will get their home schedules uh, slotted in terms of Uh, They're going to have back-to-back home games against stout opponents, or will it be mixed up a little bit where it's a road-away setup where you can stratify a little bit and maybe get a little bit of a breather. You've got games like a Houston game, which would be a fantastic game in their first year under Willie Fritz to have maybe ahead of a game against the likes of Arizona or a Kansas State. I'm just afraid that the Big 12 is going to stick them all back-to-back-to-back, and BYU is going to be looking at a three- or four-game stretch where it's going to kill them. You got a thought on your end?
1: Yeah. You mentioned that brutal stretch. I look back at what happened to Utah this year. They had USC, Oregon and Arizona State, but then you go Washington. That four-week stretch was brutal for them. Yeah. So I want to see, like, is it going to be some comedy? The biggest ones on, on Utah's schedule I'm looking at is, where does the Oklahoma State fall game fall? Where does the Arizona game fall as well? And then is, like, some game all the way where you fly out to UCF? Like, does that become a trap game because it's sandwiched between those games as well? So that's where I'm very interested to see how the schedule ends up lining up for Utah as well.
0: The other thing about this, and I'll mention this as well, and it's gonna be, this is going to count for Utah as well, this is one of the rare years in college football where you have a double buy. You have two buy weeks with the season, the way it lays out here in college football. So that's the other thing to pay attention to for both you and Cougar fans. Where do the buys fall? Are they going to be a, Are they going to be kind of um, where they have multiple weeks uh, between those buys? Or is it going to be like you play uh, play games, go to buy, come back, play maybe a game or two, and then go right back into a buy? You want to see them a little bit more spread out. It'd be great to essentially have it where you play four games, have a buy, play four games, have a buy, if you could do it that way. I did a pod not too long ago on On Cougars where I laid out what I believe the ideal schedule would be for BYU. And the way I had it is BYU plays their first four games of the year, has a bye, plays the next four, has a bye, and then finishes up with their final four games. That's a little pie in the sky-ish with thinking that's going to actually play out. But uh, those, those two buys are going to be very critical
1: uh, with how they lay out for both the Utes and Cougars. Yeah, they're massive for teams trying to get healthy. I think back oh, yeah. to Utah making their run to the Pac-12 championship in 2021 because of that bye week, it's placement and it was after the USC game. So cam rising. Yes, he still missed the Washington state game, but it gave him that two week buffer to get healthy. So then even though he wasn't like top version of himself, he was still able to play against Arizona and Stanford in those games for Utah still because of when the bye felt. So very big, and it's going to be really interesting to see when both of those buys to your point fall, and just to unveil and watch what happens in the rest of the schedule. And something else that's been really interesting just to watch it play out is the in-state recruiting battle between Utah and BYU, now that, of course, that they are going to be playing each other year after year. Now that the dust is pretty much settled for all of the top recruits, we want to talk about, whether it's Utah or BYU, we feel won the 2024 recruiting battle. We want to discuss that in one moment, but first want to talk to all of you about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three even, because not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up that's fanduel.com slash locked on you can make every moment more with fanduel an official sportsbook partner of the nfl and jake speaking of making every moment more i know you are fired up about this super bowl especially because it features your 49ers
0: Hey, it's been 30 years since the Niners have been on top of the NFL. It's about time they break the drought here. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I was absolutely floored at how bad they played in the first half of that NFC Championship game and absolutely thrilled at how they came back in the second half. So I have no idea what to expect when it goes up. Uh, Patrick Mahomes against Brock Purdy here in the Super Bowl, but it's a rematch of 2020, and hopefully uh, my guys, speaking of my 49ers, will come out on top this time.
1: Yeah, we'll see if it's that, or if it's the best Big 12 quarterback in yeah. recent memory, Patrick Mahomes, who once again finds a way to win. And, hey, hooking up with other Big 12 mm-hmm. pass catcher from Cincinnati, Travis Kelsey. I totally yeah. forgot about Kelsey until I said that out loud. So, Big 12 are well represented with Brock Purdy, yes. too.
0: <laughs> uh, absolutely. That's that's the fun part about it. It was the kind of the Big 12 versus the ACC with the quarterbacks in the championship mm-hmm. games uh, for the conferences. Well, the Big 12 came out on top, so Big 12 representing, no doubt.
1: For sure. So make sure you guys head over to FanDuel today and check out all of their great offers for Super Bowl 58. Also want to talk to you about another great sponsor of Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars. It's our friends at UCCU. Learn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family. We can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learner is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Learner, part of UCCU's award-winning B-Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Jake, coming back into this one, looking at the recruiting battle that's taking place in state, Utah and BYU are going to see each other year after year. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is essential when you're trying to be a conference champion is recruiting your own state at a high level. It's something both BYU and Utah have tried to do. And now that the dust is settled, I want to ask you first, do you think Utah or BYU came away with the better 2024 recruiting cycle?
0: You want to talk quantity or quality here, JT? That's the big question because here, here's- You know which the, one I'm going to talk. Uh, I know exactly which one you're going to talk. And yes, in terms of quality, Quantity Utah Utah won the state this year. They just took they took the most mm-hmm. bodies and the the most top ten rated recruits. But BYU has something that Utah cannot claim right now in the final twenty twenty four rankings according to twenty four seven sports. BYU got the top rated athlete out of the state of Utah in Falatao Satualla. Now uh, let me let me kind of riff on this just for a second here. Is that this is a big win for BYU simply due to the fact that Falatao Satualla and trust me, I talked to some people who are very close to him uh, up until well, the, the last I'd say three or four months, he was all but certain Utah was going to be his destination. He was a Utah guy through and through. And Jay Hill, Folks, Jay Hill has revolutionized and changed the game for BYU. And I know that's going to grind Utah fans' gears to hear it, but yeah. I, I cannot reiterate how important of a hire that was for BYU. BYU's previous defensive staff with Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki, it was like the path of least resistance when it came to recruiting for them. It, literally, if another program were to offer a kid that they were recruiting, BYU essentially just gave up and said, yeah, we're done recruiting that kid. They, they, they just did not want to compete. Problem. It's a massive problem. And it absolutely <laughs> crippled their defense. Their defense defensive woes last two or three years can be pointed directly to the fact that they have not recruited high level enough talent on the defense. Jay Hill has come in and completely turned things around for BYU especially in the recruiting game on defense. He has stalked his uh, defensive line as best he could in uh, one and a half recruiting classes roughly in the last uh, year that he's been in the program and then he goes out and grabs a guy like Falatao Satuala who like I said it, it seemed like Utah was the place for him and he sells him hard convinces him that BYU is where he needs to be that's a massive massive get for byu and it's something that they can uh put a quote-unquote gold star up on the board about because that's gonna pay dividends for byu down the road because if if fallout satawala becomes what byu believes he can be well there's gonna be a lot of other young men that watch him growing up in this state that are gonna say okay if he can do that at byu maybe i can as well
1: absolutely I, i think it's a massive win to your exactly what you said this is the guy who is now listed as the top guy in the state And he's now at BYU when... To your point, I think the Crystal Pauls did have him to Utah for a very long time. It felt like that Utah was going to end up with him and BYU is able to go in and get. So huge credit to Jay Hill and what he's doing for BYU. And I think you make a great point, not just in getting the top overall, but there's some really good quality. Before you and I even jumped on the air, mm-hmm. I don't know how Dallin Johnson, the defensive tackle out of Springville, I think I don't know if he's going to play offensive defense. I don't care. That dude's a monster. He is one of the 15 best players in the state. Like, we can argue top 10, although I'm not nitpicky, but like he he's a monster. That's a great get. I don't know why he's down in the 30s. There's other players in this recruiting class that I really like to. But I do like to focus on the quality, and that is where I am going to give the edge to Utah in this one. Not only do they have five of the top ten players in the 24-7 rankings, when you are talking about Isaiah Garcia, Isaac Wilson, Davis Andrews, Cash Dylan, and also Elijah Ellis is kind of the late ad who in the new shakeup did end up in the top ten. But to me, I also look at it from this standpoint. I think the three most important positions in football in general are quarterback, Offensive line, and then your pass rusher. Utah got the top three of those guys in state to come to their program. And it's I, Garcia and Wilson, especially. I just feel like the future of those two guys in particular it is incredibly bright. So I just, for that quality they got at the top, I got to give Utah the edge. And I do think they had a couple gems in here too, where I look at a guy that I think we both got a chance to see uh, coming out of Olympus and Luke Bryant that I think can still be a quality guy for them too. So it's going to be interesting to look back on this class and see, but as I mentioned, I got to give the slight edge to Utah for me because of that top quality they got over maybe the quantity of what BYU achieved.
0: And I see, I, I, I and I think that's inarguable. And I, for a BYU fan, I don't think you can argue that because you look at just the top ten rankings. And I twenty four seven Sports. Let's be honest, recruiting rankings are not an exact science. But no. they are getting better every single year. They're getting more refined. The mm-hmm. guys like Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, the guys at twenty four seven Sports. Yeah. I, I know those guys, and they do human's effort and work to make sure that their rankings are as close to what uh, they can project as they as they as they espouse to be. So that's that's the thing about this is. Yes, it's inarguable that Utah won the quantity battle because you look at the top 10 rankings and they got half of them. So props yep. to Utah. The biggest thing for BYU is, is uh, going back to the Fallout House thing, is BYU's got to put together a track record of having these guys commit to BYU, go to BYU, and stand out on the field. That's one thing mm-hmm. that Utah has been absolutely incredible yep. about the last decade plus under Kyle Whittingham, is their hometown guys. They are stars for Utah. And guess what? Every kid in the state sees it and thinks, maybe that could be me. So BYU's got to start to see some more of that. And I think with Jay Hill running BYU's defense, given the adequate time, etc., he will start to prove that. And that could uh, turn the tide a little bit in favor of BYU. But as we all know, winning is everything recruiting yes. and just how jobs are uh, held on to in college football. You got to win football games. That's why this rivalry game, we just talked about, it's going to be absolutely critical yeah. for, I'm speaking from the BYU perspective for the Cougars to win more often than they have over the past two decades. Mm-hmm. It, BYU got a big win their last time they played the, yeah. these two teams played. It was a huge win for them. It snapped a long, long streak, avoided a double-digit uh, uh, loss streak to Utah. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You've got to start winning more often. It, that's the biggest thing about this. If Utah goes back on another streak and starts dominating this rivalry again, well, guess who's going to hold the recruiting
1: edge for the foreseeable future? The University of Utah. Yeah. It's as
0: simple as that.
1: Yeah, people want to play for a winner, and they also would like to go to a place that can place them in the NFL. It's something that yeah. Utah's done very well of. And you know, to your point too, BYU is obviously. I mean, what was it last year, Jake, that you correctly predicted and like the greatest prediction I've ever seen? Like the offensive tackle for BYU was it Blake Freeland at the Freeland, yeah. combine, like the record. Like so, the BYU does that part of it too. That still exists there, but <laughs> you you got to win that head to head matchup. You're right; it's such a big thing too, especially for high school guys. Like you you. You want to play for the winner and the school that emerges on top. So it is going to be really fun to see who ends up making it out of this rivalry game year in and year out and the ripple effect that will have then on the in-state recruiting battle. Something I'm very excited to watch and uh, and see play out for this as well. Let, yes, me, let me
0: make one quick point as well on that yeah. on that side of things is that this is going to be very interesting to see how BYU, by the way, also uses their Power 5 affiliation. The, the, the biggest recruiting chip that Utah held for years over BYU yes. was the fact that mm-hmm. they could walk in any kid's living room and say, "Yeah, BYU's awesome in your mind." But guess what? We play Power Five football now. It's going to transfer. It's going to be the Power Four. BYU now has that in their back pocket. I am interested to see how that continues to both help and also maybe in some cases hinder BYU. Because yes, now you are on a level playing field. That that's the biggest thing. And uh, PK talks about this on my radio show on DJ and PK on the KSL Sports on all the time. When B- when Bronco Mendenhall and Kyle Whittingham were in the Mountain West together, they were on a level playing field because they were in the same conference they were recruiting the same level of athlete and guess what they went back and forth Utah jumped into the Pac-12 and any of you watching this YouTube can see my hand Utah went like this they jumped immediately simply due to the fact they had that Power 5 affiliation they have recruited extremely well with that in their back pocket I am interested to see how BYU can even the playing field a little bit more and see if it ultimately gets back to what it was obviously early on uh, back in the mid 2000s between these two teams where every year it kind of went back and forth Yes, It, it really Change when you talk about the Power Five affiliation, and now that BYU is a member of the Big Twelve, I do think that I can balance the tables a little bit and hopefully help BYU.
1: It definitely can. To your point, Utah has had that head start because it did take Utah to even get to the point where, well, yes, while they were still winning the games against BYU, it took them a while to get to that conference championship winning level. That's where they're at right now. It's the reason you see them atop of all the way too early Big Twelve, not even Big Twelve, just college football. Like they're the highest ranked Big Twelve team because of the returning talent and the pedigree of what they've achieved, but. BYU once, like A long time ago, that did not seem possible for Utah when we looked at it. BYU will have an opportunity to get that, and it starts with recruiting, so it's going to be fun to watch it play out, and it starts this season with the upcoming schedule. We have to wait to see the games that are going to be on the football schedule. What we don't have to wait for is to continue to watch the college basketball season play out. We want to talk about Utah versus BYU basketball. Yes, the two teams played, and Utah emerged victorious, but it is an interesting discussion of who is the best college basketball team in Utah right now, excluding Utah State, who is also very high up and is currently ranked as the highest team in the state. I want to discuss all of that with you in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics, like amoxicillin, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And that is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than one of my loved ones getting sick with a supply chain issue keeping them from a life saving medication they need. Thankfully, we'll all be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sickness, skin infections, among others. This scuff could happen to any of us, so you can visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a bird. A board certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to prepare for today. So you can go to Jace Medical and use code LOCKED ON to get twenty dollars off your order. That's LOCKED ON, one word, capital L and O, to get twenty dollars off your order. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June thirty All right, Jay, coming back in this one, look, I'm the locked on each guy. I could come on here right now and be like, Utah beat BYU head-to-head. Therefore, Utah is the better team in college basketball. But the truth is, there's a lot more games in sample size than just a head-to-head. Particularly, the Huntsman was rocking that night. The home court advantage was good as well. And teams play differently at different points in the season, too. And Utah is struggling right now. They got steamrolled twice on the road to Washington and Washington State. While BYU is currently ranked for a reason. They just beat up on Texas, a team that was in the Final Four last year, and also have some other good wins, too. Yeah, there's a a stumble or two in there, but BYU is the better team to me. I compare this to when a couple years ago in football, you mentioned BYU beating Utah in football. At that time when BYU in, in 2021 beat Utah, they were the better team. But when Utah made the switch to Cam Rising, by the time we got later on in the season, Utah was clearly the better team at that point. And it is hard to win on the road in college football. Had that game better at a neutral site once you get Cam Rising in there. I feel like that's one Utah would have run. Same thing with this. To me, if that game, if like we were to play that at Vivint right now, I would give BYU the edge over Utah. I do feel like BYU is the best college basketball team in the state of Utah and they, I still, I do think they beat Utah State. But shout out Danny Sprinkle for what Utah State is doing right now because that has been tremendous and fun to watch.
0: Yeah, the thing about this is BYU is playing good ball right now. And they've had their mm-hmm. struggles. Trust me, they played Houston. They've played Texas Tech. Yeah. They have played the some of the best teams that the Big 12 has got to offer. And by the way, the Big 12 is absolutely loaded. And running Utes fans, get ready. Don't and remind it me. It is going to be it, – yeah. it's an incredible basketball league. So that's the biggest thing is BYU is playing good ball right now. And, yes, that was a big win for them to get that win over Texas, mm-hmm. get themselves back into the win call. Them, not let things spiral a little bit because uh, had they lost to Texas who knows when their next win potentially comes I know they have to get, head to West Virginia this week and West Virginia's near the bottom of the standings in the Big 12 but the thing about this league is anybody I mean literally anybody yeah. on any given night can beat you we've seen uh, Kansas they have their most losses in Big 12 play in the Bill Self era already this season like to this point in the season so it's an incredible thing that the Big 12 is offering but I'm gonna have to probably right now tip my cap to what uh Danny Sprinkle in Utah State is doing. Great. The thing about this with Utah State, and I don't know how many of you Utah and BYU fans are paying attention to this, Utah State had zero points, zero rebounds, essentially zero production, period, coming back on the roster uh, that Danny Sprinkle inherited. He had Isaac Johnson, who redshirted. He also had uh, Mason Falslev, a former Utah football commit, uh, redshirting uh, for, for the Aggies that were returning, essentially. But they didn't play at all last year because when you redshirt in basketball, you don't play play at all. So he has put together an incredible roster Roster, great Osabor, which is an incredible name, by the way, for a basketball player. Yes, it is. He is a six foot eight, two hundred and fifty pound behemoth, and he's absolutely dynamite. If you have not watched Utah State play, they are a team that you just can't count out. They're eighteen and two on the season. The only two places they have gone and lost is Peoria, Illinois. Like the first two or three weeks of the season, they lost to was it was Illinois State or no Bradley. They lost to Bradley out there in Illinois, and then they lost in the pit to New Mexico, who by the way is nationally ranked right there right now themselves. So. They are, they are an incredible team up there in Logan, and I have to kind of give the ever-so-slight edge to Utah State right now. If you were to put the two teams on a court together right now, I think it would be an incredible battle between them and the Cougars, but I think it goes one, two, three: Utah State, BYU, and Utah right now, and I don't think there's much argument about that
1: i absolutely agree and you know jake there's something about those coaches and players that come from the big sky <laughs> well that, that, that that's a good point because danny sprinkle had an incredible run in the big sky obviously and it was a big
0: uh it was a big <laughs> coup uh yeah for yeah too you're right it was a big coup for hit for utah state to get him out of montana and bring him down uh to montana, utah, state, uh, yeah. you said montana state excuse me uh, Mon- i apologize i just screwed that up grizzly fans uh apologize i would get and, i would
1: i would get in trouble if and, i didn't and, correct uh, you so uh, I, I, I know have
0: you you have a dad that's very invested in this but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah exactly but uh <laughs> the thing about it is to get him out of Montana State where he was a legend and a guy who was an alumni. He's so so connected there at Montana State. To get him to Utah State was a big home run, it feels like, and uh, Utah State could benefit in a big way from having him as their head coach, but the nice part is, if Utah, let me just reiterate this to Utah fans, if Utah can figure out how to win on the road, we could see all three of these teams make the NCAA tournament. They are that good of teams, all three of them. I'm including Utah in that argument. BYU and Utah State right now, they're essentially playing out the String here probably looking at where they're going to be seated in the NCAA tournament. It's all but locked up it feels like at this point. Let's really, really completely fall flat on their face in the final month and change of the season here. But Utah it's not out of the question that you can still rally and make it to the tournament. The only thing you got to do is you got to learn how to win on the road and the games like you had against Washington and Washington State where there are points in those games where Utah just looks like they're completely out of it and they don't look interested in staying engaged. That has got to yeah. go away very quickly if they want to turn this thing around.
1: It absolutely does because time is running out. We're already basically in February, to your mm-hmm. point. It's crazy how quickly the season can come and go. And it's going to be interesting to see if Utah can get in that race. But either way, BYU and Utah State definitely are. But it'll be fun to watch that. Fun to see everything that goes on with the schedule. Jake, it's always fun doing these crossovers with you. Hey, as always,
0: JT, hit me up anytime. I love talking
1: with you. You're one of my, you're one of my guys as well. Absolutely, Jake. Appreciate it. And that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on Utes and Locked on Cougars. Keep it at both our shows the rest of the week. We will be talking all things Big 12 schedule as it relates to both programs and more college basketball and all other things Utah and BYU athletics to come on Locked on Utes and Locked on Cougars. We look forward to seeing you then.